Hi, I'm Dewan and Only, and you are currently listening to Insatiable, hosted by Lori of the Sex Reporter and that other guy who occasionally is on her station, Smiley. But we all know who really wears the pants in this relationship, and that is me. But enjoy listening to what she has to offer you today. What's up, guys? It's me, Lori, a.k.a. Loretta Chow, the sex reporter and co-host of the Insatiable Podcast with Smiley. We talk about sex, dating, and relationships here. I put out a topic or two or three every day. You never really know where the day takes you. It kind of depends on where the conversation goes. And the whole point is that we have open discussions so we can, you know, talk for real about the things that are going on in that personal part of our lives. You guys know that my favorite topics are the ones where we kind of like break apart the myths and the assumptions that we have about sexual behavior and stuff like that. So today, along those lines, I want to ask about your first time experience. If you can share about that time you lost your virginity, I'm curious, was it good? Was it everything you imagined it would be? Was it better? Or was it an utter disappointment? The reason why I talk about first time, and I've actually done a video about this on my YouTube channel. It was a collaboration video that I did a while back. Um, It's because I think that we build it up like in movies and media and people talking about it. Like when you're a virgin, sex is sold to you as like this heavenly thing that when it finally happens, you is going to be like the best shit that ever happened in your life. And it's got to be special. You got to find someone you love and yada, yada, yada. All these things, this pressure packed into that first experience. And then you get to it and some lucky people have a great first experience, but many have an underwhelming not great experience especially those of us um or or those people who have that first experience with another person who's equally inexperienced in my case i was with someone who was experienced but it was a terrible not terrible just not great experience for me it was kind of like slightly regrettable uh you can i I guess i'll just include a link for anybody who's interested in the in the nitty-gritty details but my point is it would be great if we were realistic with people who've never had sex before about what that first time is really going to be like, as in, who knows? It could be great. It could be lame. It could be painful. It could be very, very short um, or, you know, whatever the case may be, just to set their expectations low, because really it is just the first time. And if, you know, if you're lucky, there will be many, many times that are much better after that. And then the more you do it, the better it'll get. First up to answer this question is one of my faves, Jasmine from Black Girl Experience. Hey Lori, I wanted to comment on the first time topic. So, my very first time was terrible. Um, It was very painful, it was not pleasurable at all. But prior to the first time, like, it took a few times to lead up to that time. Like, my boyfriend at the time, we had tried several times before that but it was just so painful I could never go through with it but the actual first time was terrible um and then also the first time that I had gave him oral I just remember telling me like he told me like it was terrible he was like man you gotta stop using your teeth you like scratching my shit up I'm like oh my god so I've come a long way but yeah I don't know anybody who's had a you know, a good first experience. 
thank you for being so honest with that because yes i mean i i would say i know more people who've had bad first experiences than people who've had good first experiences that's not to scare anybody or to say that first experiences are always going to be bad or that people should expect it but you know we can like temper our expectations a little bit because the fact of the matter is we don't know what we're doing the first time. We don't even know our bodies, really. We don't know what we like. We don't know what we don't. We're lucky if we can get someone that's both more experienced than us and also someone you know who cares enough to make our first experience a really good one. And even then, it might not work out. To me, it's just like it's a learning experience. If people stop seeing sex as like such a big deal or stop seeing it as something that's like so dirty and has to be reserved for like your soulmate or whatever, then it would take a little bit of pressure off that first time. And then maybe you can focus on making it enjoyable and figuring out what works for you. You know what I mean? Next up is KMC who called in to talk about our topic on what it's like to be in a relationship when the sexual appetite is imbalanced and what you do about that. Hey, Lori, I just want to call in about the Dating While Insatiable segment. It hit really close to home because that exact same situation that you described happened to me and in my relationship. And the only difference is that my relationship is a long-term relationship. This is after several years of being together. We've been together for almost 10 years. Um, so not too long ago, we had to, we, we talked and we had a really open discussion about, um, the lack of sex in our relationship. And it was a really difficult situation because she wanted to me to go after her. She didn't want to go after me. Like she wanted me to be interested in her. So she wanted me to pursue her in in that way, like in, in a sexual way, be interested in her, make her feel attractive, make her feel wanted. At that stage in our relationship, I wasn't doing that. I um, like I was still affectionate and all that, but there wasn't any sex because for me, um, it it was a stressful time and I just it's hard to explain like it, it's just a point where it's something I didn't want to do it's not an indictment on her um still love her very much and wanted to be with her but at that time sex just wasn't something I desired so I told her all this and she seemed to understand um it was a long talk and it was a difficult talk to have, but I'm so glad we had it because ever since we've had that talk, um, things are so much better. We seem to be on the same page now. Um, she doesn't seem as insatiable as she once was. She said to me that she wanted sex every night and it wasn't happening every night. So she was really, really upset by that. And then all the things that you described in your segment were coming, were on the forefront. So um, the key is to talk about it. It is fixable. Uh, we fixed it um, maybe partly because of our age. We're now both 40. So she's kind of now passing her sexual peak. So we're on the same page now and everything's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think 
that does that added element of when you're with someone for so long and you really do love them and then this becomes an issue that makes it so much more difficult to resolve because when you're just dating casually or you're you've only like been six months to a year into a relationship it's a lot easier to say you know what maybe we're just not compatible um and if sex really is that important and you're not getting it or the other person isn't getting it then that's something that maybe is easy to work out like maybe you just have to find other people but if you're already several years in you're in love you want to spend the rest of your lives together that's a very difficult conversation to have i can only imagine um and i will i have had that conversation myself with two of my um previous uh really you know i've only i haven't had that many actual relationships and i would say two out of the three both ended up having discussions like that they were both difficult and in one case um my ex tried to basically match my sexual appetite by pretending to want it and really doing it for me but i could tell it was a sacrifice and it was super awkward and even though it wasn't the reason why we broke up it definitely made everything else worse and might have even caused some things like just made me generally unhappy and so we just didn't get along with each other but of course we had like a hundred other problems too so anyway thank you for sharing that very personal story i'm uh glad that you know this sort of resonates with someone out there because i think a lot of couples go through this and people don't really talk about it because it's hard and in some cases it can be a little embarrassing i guess so you know this also makes me wonder if you're in a relationship and you're with a person who doesn't want to have sex as much as you or you don't want to have sex as much as them and you've talked about it you've agreed but you still want to stay together what if you still what if the person who wanted sex really still just needed it would you be okay with your partner stepping out and having sex with other people purely sexual relations just to satisfy that or you know maybe maybe with some rules involved or if you were the one who was more sexual would you asked for that would you think that's fair continuing on this topic next up is purse all right i'm actually going to answer yesterday's question about not putting out or like sex differences and i know you're talking about sexual appetites but i found it interesting because you can run into the realm of what some people would call homophobia because there are individuals who identify as asexual and they have no sexual inclination or they don't want their genitals touching other people's genitals and some of them it's just like not it's not a pleasurable or impleasurable experience for them it's just it's like eating a sandwich like they could but they could also go get some lasagna so they will have sex with you but they're like not into it and some just don't because it's like i'm not getting anything from this but a lot of people or there are people in the community who say that if you are like I guess not. If you're another sort of sexuality and you won't date an asexual person because of their sexuality, they like try and call you homophobic. And I have opinions on this, which I'm going to say my next call in because I'm running out of time. I personally think that stance is ridiculous. Just like how we were talking about race and dating certain races and I was talking about how like I don't like deal with racists i don't agree with racism but like if you don't want to date someone because they're black that's just as valid as you don't not wanting to date someone who's like five two because at the end of the day you're living with this person you're putting your genitals on this person you have your own decision um same thing with like this kind of situation there are communities that will say like well you just don't support gay people if you won't stop having sex for any or like asexual people like i feel like i'll never find someone because everyone wants sex and my opinion is like 
you need to find someone that's completely like compatible with you and no one should be stifling any sort of important parts of themselves to be together with someone else and if sex is a deal breaker for you that's not shallow i don't think deal deal breakers when it comes to life partners are can be shallow it's either you're compatible or you're not and we shouldn't shame people for getting what they want purse that is really true like asexuality is a thing and it's probably even more stigmatized um than other queer communities like other lgbt communities so i get why that would be frustrating to be an asexual person in such a hypersexualized world in some ways but you're right too at the same time i mean what do you expect sex is a very integral part of a lot of people's lives and you can't really fault a person for saying like hey you know like i i just i don't want to be in a relationship with a person who doesn't enjoy sex with me um i mean lots of people probably feel that way and you know would do well in just saying so and maybe leaving you know leaving some relationships to be just friendships if if they really needed that so long as a person can say why can't someone accept me for being me why can't they accept that i don't want sex then they have to understand that other people have to can also think in the opposite direction and say well why can't this person just accept that i do want sex i mean we all have our preferences and the hard thing is when you fall in love with the wrong person and that person doesn't have a lifestyle that fits with yours and you have to decide whether to stay with them or not and this goes beyond sex too i mean if you are an ocd person that needs for everything to be clean or else you'll go crazy and you fall in love with the person and discover they're messy as fuck you need to either learn how to deal with it or decide that you know what you got to give up the love of your life because you simply cannot live in a dirty house i want to revisit a topic that was that came up in the last couple of days because it was something that Reg from the Coffee Black Show brought up and I echoed onto my station and it's about dressing for the opposite sex. And in that segment, I talked about men and women both being divided into segments of people who just care about fashion, people who don't, people who like to groom themselves, people who don't, and it's not a gender thing. And Momac just commented in a text comment that well, if a guy likes to groom himself, that guy is probably gay. And um, I'm sure he didn't mean for the comment to be taken seriously, but I do want to talk about that because I think it's important. It's a very especially American thing for there to be so many rules around masculinity. I mean, there are lots of cultures with like machismo and um, that are patriarchal and, all, and everything else. But I've ver been to very few countries where men have as many hangups as American men do when it comes to how you dress and how you like um what you think about personal hygiene and things that you consider to be effeminate so american men are probably the only men in the world who are very who like won't wear tight swimming trunks they have to wear like the big short like swimming trunks whereas everyone else in the world will wear like in brazil they call them sungas and um in europe i'm sure they wear the same thing they look like speedos right or they look like boxer briefs but they're swimming trunks and they wear them out in the open and no one is shy about that it's normal. It doesn't matter what type of body you have. But in America, that would get you called all types of names, sometimes disparagingly, or sometimes people just assume things about your sexuality that may not be true at all. It's just based on a stereotype. And there are other things too. I mean, I've because I tend to be attracted to hyper-masculine men, not in this American sense, but just like men who are very dominant. Um, when those men are American, they also tend to adopt these uh, like exaggerated forms of these stereotypes where they won't do things because it's womanly or it's like not manly or it's not masculine enough or me real men don't do this and real men don't do that. And it's like all these rules and men have to eat a lot. Men have to um, dress a certain way. Men cannot care too much about taking 
showers too frequently i don't know what the case is it's just all these tiny little things that you you look at it through a certain lens and suddenly you you're not allowed to do it it's off limits because it's not um it's it's not conforming to what you think of your own gender Look, I can't dictate to anyone how they're supposed to feel about the way they're supposed to act or how they were raised, but I can definitively say that just because you feel a certain way about something doesn't mean that every other straight man in the universe feels exactly the same way as you. In fact, you would be very wrong to assume that because I know plenty of straight men who are perfectly comfortable in their masculinity and who are you know what I mean? Who who like things that are not typically associated in America as being straight and male. So please, I would just I just ask everybody to reconsider next time you're like, well, that must be he must be doing that because he's gay. There's nothing wrong with being gay and there's nothing wrong with doing that thing. But there's also like you're also making a wild assumption that literally no other straight man in the universe could possibly disagree with your taste in something, which is just ridiculous and statistically improbable. In some cultures, even in America, it is extremely masculine to want to smell good, to make sure you're trimmed in the right places and you're presentable, to have your hair perfectly the way it's supposed to be, to have your sneakers perfectly clean, to have your shirts perfectly pressed. I mean, these are all things that there are some men who really like that and it has nothing whatsoever to do with their sexuality or anything else. It's just their preference. Hence my argument that dividing this between gender lines is stereotypical and very very inaccurate next up we have the coffee black show on what it means when a person says yes to your invitation to come over at three o'clock in the morning this is in response to uh the other day when we were talking about consent and the me too movement and how nobody ever owes anybody sex and people shouldn't feel entitled to sex hey Lori, what's up i'm gonna play the devil's advocate that um thing of uh, the uh, segment about consent now you're right nobody owes anybody anything but um, at 3 o'clock in the morning you coming over to my crib oh you giving up something and see that's the thing because let me explain because if 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 I if you just want to if I just want to talk I could talk to you on the phone. If I need you to comfort me, you could comfort me over the phone. You don't need to come over my crib at three o'clock in the morning. That's a straight booty call. Everybody knows that, and you knew that when you came over at three o'clock in the morning. So Reg, look, nobody's saying that they wouldn't be disappointed if somebody came over at 3 a.m. on some booty call shit and then acted like they didn't know sex was on the negotiation table. Like, oh, I thought I was just coming over to like watch TV and drink wine or something. I mean, come on. But um, that doesn't mean that that person owes you sex just because they came over on something that suggested that they were. It could be that the person changed their mind. Maybe they showed up and you know what? They got an uncomfortable vibe from the whole situation and decided I thought I was down and I'm not. And as a a good person, whether you're a man or a woman, you need to respect that. And that's what we mean. Um, or at least that's what I think we were talking about. 
I think that there are smart things that we can do as people to prevent miscommunication. Uh, I think those of us who are very adept at understanding what people's expectations are and managing those expectations know that, for example, if you go out on a date and it's real late when the date is over and the guy or the girl or whoever you're on the date with says, hey, do you want to come up? The suggestion is, do you want to take this potentially the ne- to the next step? That does not mean that if you do say yes and you go upstairs, that you're definitely going to fuck. I mean, there is an expectation that that person may expect it though. And so if you are savvy, you know, well, if I go up there, then I'm, I shouldn't be surprised that the person tries to kiss me or tries to put a hand on my leg or something like that, right? At the same time, just because you can expect that doesn't mean you can't still say, you know what? No, I'm really just here for the wine like you offered or here for the, you know, to just chill a little bit like like you offered. I'm not here for anything else. Like everybody has a right to what they want to and don't want to do. And Reg, who are you to complain? You were literally the person who called in today saying that you are the guy who when you don't feel like having sex will not only not give it to your partner, but actually tease her and make her want it even more before denying her. So who are you to complain?